Hi, this is Kay Wilson, energy healer and empowerment coach. And today I am with one of my lovely clients, Kaz, who has very generously agreed to um, sit with me today and ask a few questions on the subject that we're going to be talking about. Hello. We- Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the subject we're going to talk about today is, are you in the right relationship? And before we start, I thought... Um, I might ask Kaz to just say a little bit about how we met each other and um, and how I managed to twist her arm to do this. <laughs> uh, how did I meet you? Well, I think this topic is the right one for me because I had ended a bad relationship when I heard about you. A friend of mine came to see you and um, I was on the cusp of making some pretty big changes in my life that I knew I needed to make but I didn't have the tools or the capacity to do it. So meeting you and letting go of what I was hanging on to and and going into it. What were you holding on to, if you don't mind? Well, not, to, um, not specifically, maybe just a bit. Probably, a f- I think when you end a bad relationship, there's always a fear of what comes next or, you know, I think you get really caught up in that world that you're with with someone and you can't imagine anything outside of that. So you almost, if you are in a toxic relationship specifically, I think you're in a place where you've lost your confidence and trusting your gut and all of those things that make up, um, you know, making good decisions in life. So I think I'd sort of lost my way a little bit. I was overwhelmed and I came to you And it was sort of like the catalyst I needed to change my life. And that was probably nine months ago. I think I made a commitment to come and see you every fortnight. And then at some stage I was seeing you once once a month and then, you know, I sort of bounce around. But um, since then I've met someone new. I'm in a good place. My whole world has just opened up in terms of personally, professionally and relationships. So... Uh, yeah, that's how I got to find you. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. That's okay. It's been an absolute joy to be part of that journey. Yes. <clears throat> very lucky to have met you. you I, I do tell people that you literally changed my life. And I think when people hear some of this stuff, they'll figure out how, how that changed my life and how it'll change other people's lives as well. Brilliant. Well, I hope that, yeah, I hope that it does serve people and, and that's actually why I wanted us to to do this because even though um, I've put some of my blogs on audio, mm. I, as we've discussed, I find it so much easier when I'm asked questions to share um, what will hopefully shed some insight to other people into certain areas of life. And you're really good at asking questions. So <laughs> <laughs> very inquisitive. You are. It's a very good quality. <laughs> um, yeah. So today we're going to talk about are you in the right relationship? Because obviously it's a really potent subject for all of us. Um, And it's not just about romantic relationships. You know, we have relationships with our friends, with our bosses, with our parents, with our children. And it's, you know, it's, they're actually really powerful tools for us to heal, actually, our relationships. Um, Because in our relationships, we are able to see reflections of ourselves. Mm. So when I first heard that reflection of yourself, so say it's a bad thing, say you're in a a toxic situation, 
what do you mean by a reflection of yourself? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, Because people actually often find this really confronting. Um, So the way that, what I mean by that is that each of us has a light and a dark side, okay? So we are each drawn to people that represent the light in us, if you like. So by that I mean we all have qualities in ourselves that we approve of. Um, might be that we're confident, we're outgoing, we're friendly, and we're attractive. All these qualities that we like to show off to the world that you see on Instagram, on social mm. Um, things that we're proud of essentially and then each of us has this dark side which is our fears our insecurities our self-doubt our our envies our anger our frustration all these qualities which we all have which actually allow us to be human and not robot Mm -hmm. and yet we are very disapproving and and oftentimes ashamed of of this part of who we are Mm. and so when we talk about reflections in relationships whether they as I said whether they be romantic or sibling or whatever it is for us it is a representation of ourselves so to explain that each of us is constantly emitting energy and by that I mean if you're in like a boardroom for example and a staff member walks in straight away you can tell what's going on for them Mm. If you pay attention. It's if you, so true. Yeah, right. You can, And what we're really doing there is we're using all of our senses to feel what's happening with them. We're not reading anything. It's not, there's nothing written down for us. They don't stand there and tell us. What we're using is our energy. It's our, um, our innate ability to feel someone's energy, what they're emitting to the world. And when we do that, we are constantly receiving what people are emitting and equally we are emitting stuff for people to receive if you, if you so if you're if you're in a bad situation whether it be a relationship or a friend or say there's a quality in someone that maybe you don't like that they have mm. or something that challenges you mm. how is that a reflection on me personally yeah so in the same way that we're drawn to people that we like we find a quality or we can find qualities in people that we really don't like and the reason that we don't like them is because they trigger a part of us that we are also not fond of for example we you and I Kaz could share the same friend Mm-hmm. And yet qualities that I like and dislike in them could be completely different to the qualities that you like and dislike in them. And that is because when they reflect back at me, I see things in them I like that reflect me and things I don't like that reflect back at me. And same for you. Mm-hmm. And because they're specific to each of us, they're different. Does that make sense? I think one of the um, one of the things that you made me do in one of our sessions was you got me to write down mm. all the 10 people closest to me and you got me to write next down to it the things that I love about them mm. and then on a separate line the things that I find challenging about them. Mm. And it wasn't until I did that exercise did I actually understand what you're talking about now. Mm. So I filled this out and I put what I loved about the person and what I found challenging. Mm. And then I couldn't figure out where you were going with it until you said, um, cross out everyone's name and put your name, Kaz, at the top. 
And that was like, whoa, okay. It was everything, like, so say, for example, if I put that, um, I'll try and think of an example. Say, valuing time. Say, if there's a friend who's always late, for example, and I've, I find that frustrating. It's pr- what you mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. is it means that I value other people's time and I, it's important to me that I'm on time. So the challenge is a reflection of what I actually value in myself. Perfect, yeah. Is and that that's, right? that's exactly right. And, mm. it, and that can often be the thing that people don't understand. They can turn around to me and say, yeah, but they're really selfish and I'm not selfish. So how well, does that reflect I did. me? The first time that you mentioned that, I, I actually left for a good until the next time I saw you not figuring the message out of what you were saying until you made me do that exercise. And then I, now when I'm in relationships or I'm with friendships or in a business sense, I can sense why I'm finding something challenging. It's because I value it myself. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's really interesting because I actually had that with, with myself in that I, I realised, because everything I coach is through my own experience and I realized that there was someone around me <clears throat> way back when that I found really lazy and it would um it would upset me and then I but I didn't see that quality or I didn't feel that that was a, one of my own personal qualities and then I remember eating something and putting the bowl down next to me and then saying to myself I'll just leave that for a minute and carry on with what I'm doing and then straight away in my mind it was like don't be lazy go and put it in the dishwasher now and it hit me like a brick wall I was like oh I as you say I really value that quality of just doing something when you can versus leaving it to later Mm. and so when someone around me is faffing it could it's a soft spot for me it's like I'm tender in that area I know that that's a challenge that's one of my shadow sides so I'm always extra patient (laughs) or Mm. try to be Mm. um so yeah as I said yeah reflection is um it's really powerful because it expands our capacity for compassion and it expands our ability to accept other people mm-hmm. and equally recognize where we need to make changes. Because once we start to see that they're reflections of us, we can start to change what we're doing in a relationship because and this was something I discovered with my own personal relationship. Um, I was with a man for five years, very insecure in the relationship. I thought, <clears throat> I thought he was much better than me. I had him on a pedestal. I was waiting for him to leave me. I was extremely insecure, mm-hmm. very different human <laughs> to what I am now. And But it was through that experience that I recognized that by behaving the way that I did, which was basically really insecure, jealous, controlling, um, I was creating, he was reacting to that energy. And when I, I ended up breaking up with him and going off doing my own thing and actually coming back to him once I'd realized who I was, once I had stepped back into my own power, remembered that I was worthy, remembered that I was enough, remembered that if you needed to find go go off with someone else and so be it good riddance to me once I could come back to that same person and say you know what I don't need you anymore I actually want you I want to hang out with you you're good fun and we actually get on well when I'm 
standing in my power place. and being me. Yeah. Well, I always used to say, like, I had a bad relationship as well, and I used to say, I want to be. Um, I want someone, I don't need someone. Mm. But it took me a long time to get to that place where I didn't need anyone. It's not that I didn't want, but I wanted to be with someone who felt the same. So in that sense, we were equal. Absolutely. And I think that's a massive issue for so many people. Even if you look at like the TVs, like the way that relationships or love in particular is... um, kind of demonstrated to most people it's two halves of a whole you know and it and it's like you're less of a person if you're not with someone Mm. and I remember being quite annoyed by that when I was single because I would go to weddings and all those kinds of social situations where I'd feel like a third wheel and feel like I wasn't enough because I wasn't with somebody And yet that time on my own was so powerful for me because it helped me really own who I was Mm. and learn who I was and really come to terms with me and has actually enabled me now to have this relationship now that I'm married from a really strong kind of, yes, I want to share this life with you, but I don't lean on you for my happiness so how do you go from the place where you know that's what you where you want to be but you don't have the tools to get to that point how do you get to the point where you know you can go to an event and you're not um, influenced by other people's opinions and you're comfortable in your own skin and your own journey that you're not influenced by those pressures it's a process and a commitment to yourself. I remember standing, facing myself in the mirror and saying to myself, I need to be happy with me before I can ever be happy with someone else. And it's so true because if you're, and I know you hear this as a, like a common saying, if your cup's not full, you've got nothing to give. But it's true in that, if you're constantly looking for the person you're with to make you happy, then when you're looking for somebody, you're giving, as we talked about earlier, you're giving off this energy of, I'm not enough as I am. That is so true. If I look back at my last relationship, the one that actually led me to meeting you, I can look back now and I knew all these things, but I won't. I wasn't practicing them. So I think it does take a commitment of support, and it doesn't have to be spending money necessarily by mm-hmm. going and seeing someone yourself. There's heaps of books and podcasts and lots of things to enable growth for everyone out there. But I wasn't doing the work on myself, and I can say that I've definitely done that over the last year. But I think it. I think you've got to have a little bit of a leap, leap of faith as well. 100%, yeah. And I think it's the, the one place you really don't want to look when you're in that place is mm. to you. Because I think there's a sense of, well, I know what I'm like. Mm. You know, and it's, the, the answer's got to come from outside because I'm sick of looking inside. And that is such a clear sign of someone who's really not happy with where they're at. And as you say, you don't have to have lots of money to to go and see somebody to get help with that. It's the, the, 
biggest step is actually saying to yourself, I'm willing to change. I'm actually willing to, to look to me for my answers for a change. And just doing little things like having a self-date every week, you know, um, focusing on asking yourself every single day, if I cared about myself, what would I do for me today? You know, looking at the things that you do in your spare time because you enjoy them so much and seeing how you can do more of them. Often reaching out into new groups is really powerful too because I've often, I've seen a pattern of people who get in this rut where they're single and yeah, they're going out as much as they can or they might be doing as much online dating as they can and they come to me and they're like, I just, there's just no one out there. They've got this sense of scarcity. Like, um, it's it's funny because they keep going out and doing all these things, but they have this belief that they're constantly cementing in, which is he's not out there or she's not out there. There can't be anyone that good out there in the world. And when you're in that place, that's a classic sign that you need to pull back from everything that you're doing because, frankly, it won't matter what you do because the energy you're putting out there is not going to attract... Firstly, the right person. Mm. You want someone who's sitting in their own power, who's sitting in their own skin comfortably. So look to yourself to do that. Ask yourself, okay, how do I expand myself? How do I um, maybe push myself outside my comfort zone? Look and see what groups or activities there are out in the world that might help you meet new people, but more importantly, learn more about yourself. I would definitely say that as an adult it's harder to make new friends than it is you know in your teens and when you're at school and I think I don't know particularly in Sydney people are can be quite clicky so what advice would you offer to people that were looking to expand their friendship circle for example yeah um and that's interesting for me because obviously you can tell that wasn't brought here brought up here (laughs) um so I came to Australia and I knew my cousin um, and that was it. And yeah, it is really challenging even for someone completely new or whether you've grown up here. And I think it's, again, it's a mindset. It's um, are you going to come from the perspective of this is going to be challenging to break my circle or expand my circle or find friends or am I going to say yes to as much as I can to just see where I end up because that's what I had to do at the beginning when I first got here I literally said yes to any invitation I got and I did a bunch of stuff I would never normally do now you've got too many friends and then yeah then you end up in this situation where you do a bit of filtering but when you've grown up somewhere and I know this from England as well like you do end up with your inevitable school friends and family friends and friends from work etc and Yeah, and that's where it's really important to look and see what you're doing in your spare time because that will help you figure out what it is that you really enjoy and then look for events that are around those things. I quite like your morning routine as well. If I've I've started to adopt that myself, if you can tell everyone what your morning routine, you say that you don't do anything until a certain time frame. Oh, yeah. It's your time in the morning. So, yeah, I'm a bit lucky in that. And obviously, I work for myself. So I'm able to start my day a bit later, but then I just work later in the evening. But um, so I, first thing I do when I get up is. 
what I feed my cats. But <laughs> whilst I'm doing that, I actually do a few energy exercises just to balance my chakras. Um, and then I, I have my, a feather duster. Mm -hmm. um an ostrich feather duster and I go around my bedroom and my living room and I dust everything um I was <laughs> and I and I thank it I thank everything in my house for being what it is and in doing that I fill my home with love so literally like I will dust my picture frame and I'll say thank you so much for holding that picture I'll dust the plants I'll dust my cats if they'll let me <laughs> and, and the idea of that is to bring good energy into your home into your space yeah or is it an appreciation are you All manifesting something um yeah interestingly of people talk about gratitude and um I can't tell you what a powerful vibration or energy gratitude is because when you're in a place of gratitude you're in a complete place of relaxation and peace and that enables you to allow good things to come into you I have started you said this to me a couple of months ago I want you to wake up in the morning and I want you to say thank you to this bed for this good sleep and thank you you know I talked about the gym equipment that I hate using and thank you for being a challenge that I want to accept and all of these things and I thought oh I can't do that but I actually started doing some of it and it does change your mindset right from the get-go because I remember you saying to me, as soon as you wake up in the morning, you have a choice. You have a choice if you want to have a good day or a bad day. And mm. a lot of the time I think we're all surrounded by pressures of work and life mm. and everything else and it's very hard to get out of your mind. Mm. Your mind and your thoughts are so heavy and loud mm. and I found that if I practice gratitude in the morning – I'm so much better throughout the day. Even little things, I think I came to you and said, you know, when challenges come up, you said, you know, thank that bill that comes in that yeah. you need to pay. Yeah. And I thought, what do you mean? And w can you explain what you mean by doing that, what it's supposed to teach you? Yeah. So, um, well, specifically to bills well, or as in, in general. So the whole, as I said, yeah, when you're in a place of gratitude, what you're doing is you're, you're empowering yourself because you're putting yourself in a position of um, looking at something and seeing it for an opportunity as opposed to an obstacle. Mm -hmm. And so when you're saying thank you, even to something which might feel really challenging like the electricity bill <laughs> yeah yeah so okay well specifically with bills yeah because then what you're basically doing you you can feel it and this is the key okay because we talk about a lot of words and th and practices you can do but what these are all about is about changing your vibration and when I talk about vibration it's the the sensation in your body now everything I do now comes from a base of being a healer okay mm -hmm. and as a Reiki healer what you do or what I did was tune into feel somebody's energy and when we are in a place of real challenge of fear of anger of sadness of grief of any of those emotions you are energetically in a very tight or constricted state okay which physically means that your energy can get stuck in certain areas and when it gets stuck in a place for a very long time it can then physically manifest into something quite serious in some cases mm. 
So when people come to me now, even with like a neck ache, I will feel their energy. And because I'm what's known as an empath, so I can feel the emotion that sits behind the energy. So I'll say to them, oh, I can feel real anger here or real sadness or whatever it is. And then, so I, I, and I say that because I want them to mentally connect that their energy is actually relating to their emotion. And so if you are saying, if you're being grateful, for example, if you are going around your room, dusting everything and thanking it for its service, what you're doing is you're loosening your energy. You're moving your vibration from a place which can be um, low because it's in a place of I've got to survive today, which is a very restrictive. Exactly. Very fearful place. So many people wake up like that. Oh, God. How am I going to get through today? I've got all these meetings. I've got that awful client. I've got this, you know, and that's so common. Well, I think that's why I mentioned your morning routine more so as a as a, a place to pause and mm. to practice gratitude before you start. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we wake up and, you know, you can look at your phone and social media straight away and you're yeah. already you're comparing. You're, yeah. You're, yeah, you're scrolling through. Yeah. Then you might look at your emails. You haven't even got out of bed. So before you've even got to a place where you're loosened up and you're ready for whatever challenge comes, Mm. you're already tense. So I think that's what I've started doing in the morning is practicing gratitude. Mm. Even small things. It doesn't have to be for everything, just small things. And I have felt that change in my body, which is amazing. Yeah, and, and, and if you're in that position where you're single and, you know, you're feeling a bit hopeless about the dating scene or the fact that you're single or whatever that might look like. Waking up in the morning on your own can be one of the most challenging times of the day. So if you can start to maybe start to make a different choice about how you'll want to be in that space, as opposed to what I'm missing because there's no one next to me, choosing to say to yourself, it's really wonderful lying in the middle of this double bed because I can, you know, or just having that realization that the way you choose to think is so powerful on your experience and and when you are when you consciously are aware of the fact that you're kind of in this mental spiral of I don't have a boyfriend I don't like my job or I feel fat or whatever the things are that if this is your constant record in your mind you're gonna you're gonna stay in that place yeah. I think it, it changing your mindset, I talk about it a lot, mm. um, it's very hard to do. It can be hard to do. <laughs> Sorry, she just gave me a look. <laughs> She's got a look for me. She's got a look. <laughs> what I mean by that is if you haven't figured all these things out and mm. how powerful that is, mm. you will stay in that place, in that same mindset. Once you step out of it, because I remember coming to you and I, I was in that place I, at the time. I was single. Um, I was very down on myself and, you know, where is he? And I'm, I was focusing on the everything I didn't have and mm. you asked me to start focusing on what I did have. Mm. Well, that offered an opportunity for growth. What mm. is the growth? Mm. And focusing on that. Um, so I think that that mindset in the morning is so powerful because how we start our day mm, is how we go is on. how we spend the day 100% and actually I just want to explain what I meant by I just looked at you when you said that oh. because people <laughs> may not understand that so one of the things I also encourage people to do is to become very aware of the story that they're telling 
Mm. And um, I mean, this is challenging for all of us. I catch myself out a lot too. Like it's, you know, it's just being really aware of these kind of thought behaviors that we have around our capabilities and and who we are as people and and the roles that we've allocated to ourselves so when you say the story that I tell what do you mean okay so so I meet you for the first time and you mm -hmm. say to me I say um hi I'm Kay I you know I'm an energy healer I'm an empowerment coach I, I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world I absolutely love my job I every day is a, a real joy for me um I have a wonderful husband and I live in a lovely place and et cetera, et cetera. Like, and I'm very, very fortunate. Well, I'm very fortunate in that that's my truth. But the only reason that's my truth is because of the choices that I've made. Yes. So <laughs> I remember you asked me this question. You said, tell me. What's your story? And I Caroline, told you. what's your story? And you said, and do you believe it? And I said, no. Uh, so tell the listeners, what was your story at that time? Uh, well, at the time I was probably too far ahead it was I felt that I was um, how do I say this I was in a place where I was I had taken on a business I had ended a, a toxic relationship I was saying that I was in a place that I wasn't I was saying that I was confident capable all of these things but I didn't believe it myself right so your story for all intents and purposes was a good one it was a great one it's a great one. But. But I. Um, you knew it was, it was a story. It was a story and it was, uh, I'm going to tell you this so you believe it and I protect myself, you know. Mm. And I think there's something really beautiful about, um, I, I certainly think the older I get, I connect more to people who are honest with themselves. Mm. And, and throughout this process, I think I've become a lot more honest with myself. But when you can say, you know, I'm in this situation and it, it's it's terrifying or I'm taking on this project and it's really challenging for the following reasons. And you can take away that top layer that people stay in all the time. Mm. You know, it's very surface. When you can get a little bit more honest with people, I find that my friendships now have evolved and I connect more to people that are probably in tune with why they feel the way that they do. And you know what? Even from a relationship perspective, generally, that's such a beautiful insight because in relationships we often replay the types of relationships we've had in the past Mm -hmm. so for example and not just with lovers like with parents etc so for me I know a struggle has been um or a challenge sorry has been um allowing people to hold space for me emotionally because growing up I didn't have many people around me that did that so that was a massive um element of growth for me can I ask what you mean by holding space great question so um holding space is one of the most powerful things that we can do to support one another it is when you sit and you listen and not because you need to analyze and respond to what's being said in fact far from it it's when you literally just listen and you might nod occasionally or maybe you know give some sort of sign of acknowledgement but to be honest the the more silent you can be the better it is because what you're essentially doing is allowing that person to really feel into where they are and to feel completely accepted 
and held in expressing wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. And and you sorry, you mm. talk about sometimes you can hold space for people that are challenging you or mm. perhaps there's someone that you don't like. Yeah, absolutely. And that's when, you, when you're doing that, then you know that you're really getting somewhere with yourself. But because why hold space for someone like that? Good like question. Normally you would say, this person isn't serving me. I'm you know, going to Oh, I love it when someone I don't know. challenges me because then I know I'm growing. Because then I'm like, if I'm sitting there and someone is saying to me, oh, I don't believe in what you say or... I don't think that this energy thing means anything. I absolutely love it when I meet people like that because it's a it's such a rich opportunity for me personally to grow and to sit in my power because we live in a society where often if you're challenged like that, you will go out of your way to convince that person that you are valid. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I used to do that all the time. <laughs> and it's exhausting. Yes, that is so exhausting. So and, yeah. what, what do you mean? So I hear what you're saying if someone's challenging you, but what does it mean to hold space for someone who is challenging you? Can you give me an example? So um, in a relationship, but let's do a relationship because we're talking yeah, about relationships. Love those. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're in a relationship where... For example, you feel like you're putting in so much more than they are. Mm-hmm. And and then when you perhaps say something, they get really defensive and really angry and they make it all your fault. So in that experience, when they're standing there and, and perhaps you've said, oh, I don't know, maybe I would like some more support around the house or with the kids or whatever it might be. And they turn around and say, oh, you know, you're so selfish. It's all about you, et cetera, et cetera. If you can stand there and allow that person to completely say whatever it is that they feel necessary, even if it might feel really hurtful or really accusatory, if you can give them the space to say whatever it is that they need to and stand back and allow yourself to stand there and remind yourself that all you are listening to is their perspective. It is not necessarily the truth. And whilst you enable them by not responding, not shaking your head or nodding your head or showing any physical sign of agreement or disagreement, if you can literally just stand there in silence, very non-emotional and allow them to say their piece, you can hold yourself in a space of real power because in doing that, you're not giving any of yourself and you're not taking anything for yourself either. You're allowing yourself to observe, to observe how you're reacting. You're giving yourself a chance to formulate a response should you want to. And you can be really proud of yourself for not being reactive, mm. but for allowing... Being a responsive. Being responsible, exactly. Responsible, this is something by Sadhguru. And I don't know if he came up with it originally, but he's a speaker. He's phenomenal. And um, he talks about responsibility being your ability to respond to a situation Mm. is when you are no longer just reacting to a situation, but you are taking, observing the situation, absorbing it, and then formulating your response. You are responsible you know, in your well, the ability. art of an intelligent uh, agreement or discussion mm. 
is that, is not reacting when someone says, you did this, and is, is holding space, taking it in, thinking about it and then coming back to them and sometimes saying, well, I can see from your point of view but give another point of view. Yeah, I mean, that's challenging because you're gonna end, you can easily end up in a tit-for-tat sort of situation. Mm. And what I would recommend, especially if it's an, a husband or a wife, you know, someone, an existing partner, where you're kind of locked in, so to speak, um, is if you can forget for a moment that it is that person. So forget that it's a body and a person in front of you, but rather... Think of it as an energy, like there's a body or a vessel in front of you that is holding energy and emitting energy towards you. So when you see it like that, perhaps you'll then be able to recognize how it might be serving you. So if it's challenging you, if this energy that happens to be coming from your wife or husband is hurtful, then asking yourself, instead of just responding to them in a defensive way, asking yourself, do they have a point? Or why is this hurting me? Why am I being triggered? Mm. And being really honest with yourself as to where you sit with whatever it is that they've said. Maybe it's igniting something in yourself, like what we talked about earlier, where there are things that you love about someone or things that you find challenging exactly. might be a reflection of what you value I think the holding space as well is there's another situation um, where there was someone that was really challenging me over years and it was it was a I couldn't get past it and I think you taught me that sometimes when someone's reacting to you and you take that so personally it can also be a sign of maybe something that is reflecting in them something that's challenging so when you talk about holding space for someone it might be because they don't have the capacity to oh. see it from your point of view yeah so you know when it's your growth because you're triggered by it mm -hmm. when you're not triggered by something you're good to go when you see that the person you're interacting with is clearly triggered then you know that they are going through some sort of opportunity to grow Yes, and even that's though when they think you it's say hold space for that. Yes, person. now I see what you're saying. That's what yes. I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. so when you, I think there's two forms of well, there can be two forms of holding space. One for in a good situation, mm. and one in a challenging situation. And sometimes it can be because that person is going through their own growth or their own challenge, and you might be taking it personally. But if you can say, "I hold space for that person." because you're compassionate to the fact that they're going through something themselves. I think mm. so easily we react because we think, why are they responding to me like that? Mm. That's not fair. Mm. They're not seeing what's really going on. Yeah. So to be able to see it from a different mindset, to have compassion for the other person, even when they're upsetting you, is quite a powerful thing in itself. Oh, 100%. It enables you so much because... You're then coming from an elevated position where you're no longer, you know, fighting them almost. You've stepped away from that and you've given them space to evolve themselves. And you can give yourself a pat on the back because you can recognize that you're no longer triggered by stuff that you would have been in the past. And then you're, allowed, you're enabling yourself to see your own growth. 
and release yourself from being triggered by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, one other thing which has come to mind is also when you're in a relationship where perhaps they are constantly triggered for whatever reason and you find yourself less and less so to the point where you're kind of, I mean, you instinctively may know that the relationship is no longer serving you or them and yet you might be staying in it because you're fearful of whatever it might be that's around the corner. Yes. So this is a really... You know, really common for a lot of people. And, yeah, something that I really um, feel it's important to talk about because a lot of... And I know this from my own experience. I stayed in a relationship for five years that I was, um, like, completely terrified of ruining or losing. And, um, And the irony was that it was only when I actually broke up with that person that I was able to create something far more beautiful and actually far happier for myself and it's just knowing that I want to just talk about creation and destruction because they're just such rich opportunities for us and I feel that we live in a society which is so terrified of destruction that it actually destroys itself really um um, so I just want to explain what I mean by that so essentially when you look at, um, for example, through your day, when you're, you start your day, you've got lots of energy and um, you're going to work or whatever and you've got all the, maybe you're on your way to work and all of a sudden you get this whole rush of ideas and creativity about all these things you could do in a slightly different way that might be better. And, um, and then you go and maybe you try some of them and maybe you don't and then you realise that some of them probably need some tweaking or some of them you need to just can altogether they're no use for you and as soon as you can some of them you realize oh maybe I could do this that and the other and you have fresh ideas and actually in our creative process we are constantly creating and destroying all the time and that's pretty much one of the only areas we're comfortable in doing it because everywhere else in our lives we try we often try to maintain people say they're scared of change all the time it's a very common thing Mm -hmm. and it's really sad because what's not recognized is that when we destroy something what we're doing is we are creating space for something new to come along for us to create and creation is the most fulfilling process there is because we are inherently creative beings we are constantly coming up with new dreams new desires new wants you know and to be and when we talk about being in flow what we're saying is to be in that position of creativity to be in that state of constant oh I want to do that I think I'll go and try this I think I I feel like that might be a good idea when you're in that place you're in the best place possible you're feeling really light you're feeling really happy you're feeling really empowered And when it comes to relationships, people are so scared many times, very scared of things going wrong. Okay, so then you end up either with someone who's terrified of commitment and is like this constant single person, which is just really sad because they're not then having the opportunity to experience the growth that a relationship can offer. Or you have people that end up in relationships where they're not happy, but they're so terrified of what, the end of it might look like that 
your um that they stay in it sorry we just cut out there yes <laughs> <laughs> well it's our first go at this so we're allowed a few technical issues yeah. <laughs> um so yeah it's uh it's just a really important process to be aware of and I actually came into consciousness of it through shamanic work I did where we look at um the cycles of the year which might sound really disconnected to that but actually when you look at the cycle of life for example you have birth which is creation and then you have this cycle of life and death essentially um which we see play out through our seasons annually through our months um from a woman's perspective with her personal cycle we each have our our bleed and then our um our new moon cycle essentially which is when we have this opportunity to uh, reflect on where we're at pull in new ideas and destroy that which no longer serves us and whilst looking at all this shamanic work I realized or I learned that Halloween used to be one of the biggest celebrations of the year back in indigenous times um, or in cultures way back when rather and because they saw that the death of things, the end of things was far from something to be scared of, but rather something to be celebrated because it enabled fresh growth, creativity, birth. Mm. So if you tie that to a toxic relationship, for example, how would, are you saying that the destruction of a relationship offers you personal growth? because it's pushing you in a different direction. Absolutely. I think that um, without doubt, when you destroy something, it's always going to offer to offer an opportunity for growth. So we just had a, a technical moment. But we're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> so I think you were talking about creation and destruction. I was, yes. And I think... People think that they can live their lives and avoid all hurt and pain and avoid meeting people that challenge them or hurt them. But what you're saying in all of this is that is actually a good thing. If you see it as a good thing because it allows growth. Exactly. So how it. would you embrace that? Um I recognise that when you're in a toxic relationship, the reason that you're there is because you don't necessarily feel like you have the power to, to take what you need from it, to grow. That's why you're in it in the first place. So it can be quite challenging to hear this. But if you have become aware that you're in a relationship that really no longer serves you, whether this be with your partner, with someone at work, you might have a really challenging boss, you know. It's about asking yourself, am I willing to change? Because if you're willing to change, if you're willing to potentially break the relationship or leave the job, whatever it might look like, if you're willing to make that choice to, in some cases, protect yourself, then in the process of doing that, in the process of destroying that relationship, you're effectively choosing you. And in doing that, you are empowering yourself. 
you're already taking that first step, if you like, towards recovery, mm -hmm. towards getting to know yourself or respect yourself. And, and I actually know this from my own personal experience. I got into um, a partnership, um, which was to build uh, a business that became really challenging for me because the person I did it with, um, I just found really, really critical to such a degree that it was actually affecting my self-confidence in a massive way. Mm -hmm. And I eventually decided that even though I loved what we were building, that I could no longer stay in that business because frankly, I couldn't deal with all the personal criticism that I was taking every day. Mm -hmm. And even though my ego took a massive dent stepping back from that, um, it was so worth it because I chose me. Mm -hmm. I subconsciously told myself that I was worth more than the behavior I was receiving from that person. Mm -hmm. um, so when you talk about also um, destruction, uh, creation and destruction, mm -hmm. it's, it's say in that, in that sense it's a, a business relationship and say if there's a friendship that's not serving you anymore, mm. it doesn't mean you have to run from that relationship or say in your instance, run from that business. Mm. You, you chose to do that. Mm. But perhaps knowing that that's not serving you anymore and therefore holding space for that person, you're challenging me because you're in that place. I've outgrown you. I might be in this place. Mm. When you say creation and destruction in my mind it's destruction is like a real like it's blown up in your face and you've walked away mm. are they all situations where you have to walk away from it or can you have creation no. and destruction where you s still have them around yeah. like I'm just thinking of that person mm. who's in a work scenario and they can't leave that job for no, example ironic yeah and that's a really really great point because what you can it doesn't necessarily have to be the end of a relationship, but it does have to be the end, perhaps, of the energy you're putting into it. Okay. Okay. So I actually, I had a five-year relationship that was awful, and then I broke it off, but then I ended up going back to the same man, who's now my husband. Oh, and my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. And the reason that that actually worked was, was actually less to do with him and absolutely to do with me, because... I destroyed, if you like, the fear that had sat in me about him leaving me. I, when I broke up with him, I went off and I remembered who I was and I remembered that I was good with or without him. Mm -hmm. And if he was going to leave me for someone, so be it. I was better off without him if that was going to be the case. But I went back to him because I recognized that we actually had a very good relationship. Um, it was just my fear that had got in the way. So when I went back to him... I changed the energy I was putting into the relationship. And I said to him, I was like, I want to go back with you, but you're going to get a very different me. Mm -hmm. And of course, he didn't really understand what I meant by that to start with, but he really understood very quickly. Yeah. And three months after that, he proposed to me, which he would never have done in wow. our previous relationship. Okay. And what that taught me was, you know, in our relationships, we often have an established script of operation if you like I know if I say certain things it will upset them or please them and so each of us know how to work in a relationship if you change your script 
if you change the dynamic that you're offering a relationship, if you change the words you start to use, if you suddenly don't care if they want to go out with their mates on a Saturday night, whereas before you'd been like, well, where are you going to be? And when are you going to come back? And la, 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 la. And now you're like, have a great time, babe. Mm. If that's the person you become, they automatically change. Yeah. And what that does is it shifts the relationship entirely. And you can do that with a friend, with a partner, with a boss. If your boss is constantly micromanaging you and you can turn around to them and say, you know what, I really love that you are constantly asking me for insight into my work because I know that you have my best interests at heart and that I'm going to become a better employee for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you were to say that to somebody that was really on your back all the time, that would no doubt make them think. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you can analyze a relationship that you know isn't serving you and see where you can change the script, you will start to experience a completely different relationship. So I'm thinking of the person right now who's in a job with a toxic boss, let's say, mm. who I hear all of that, but how do they get the the... Say if it's more challenging than that. Say if there's something really serious going on. Well, then they have to. They may just have to back out. Like you know, then that's where you have to really choose yourself. You know, if it's a relationship that you think is worth making work on some level, then try changing the script. If you are being psychologically really hurt in this experience, then maybe the lesson is self worth. I need to value myself enough to to step away. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Or in the situation where it's it's maybe not as serious as that. Mm. How, when you say change the script, mm. what do you mean by that in order to get something from the other person? Or, or is it defining what you are trying to get from the other person that's the issue? So you need to explain that a bit. So, for example, if... If the person, if the boss in this situation is micromanaging you and not allowing you to get on with your job, Mm. for example, Mm. or say they're taking all your ideas, it's your Mm. presentation and they're taking over or something like that that's not allowing you personal growth. Yeah. How do you, like you say, change the script to enable that process? Okay, so in that example then, potentially you've been... Um, fulfilling all the requirements of you and then you found out that your boss has yeah taken all the credit or whatever um I can probably hazard a guess that if that's happened you're probably not expressing yourself honestly already mm-hmm. because you're not holding your you're not holding boundaries they if they feel that they can behave like that and get away with it so to speak then the likelihood is that there's an established rapport between you where, yes, they're your boss, but they're also holding kind of power over you that's actually disrespectful to a degree. Yes, okay. so if you're if you're doing all the work like we're talking mm. about and stepping into your power and... and oh, but are you though? See, that's why I think if you... Say you want to. Oh, well, that's different. Yeah, okay. Say you want to. How do you do that with a person like that? Okay, okay. So, um, oh, I mean, it varies with your boss obviously but the type of person your boss is but it's about um the first step is deciding that you are going to change the script and then to potentially list the outcomes of what it is that you would like and then consider how you could um communicate those outcomes to that person or change your behaviors to align with those outcomes Mm -hmm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. so if 
perhaps you want to be part of the presentation of some kind of project at the you know at the end of the month and you know that in the past your boss has always just done it on their own and taken all the credit instead of sitting in silence and fuming about it um calling your boss on it like calling for a meeting asking to sit with them and saying to them I would really appreciate being present in the next meeting or whatever it is and you know actually expressing what it is that you really want because a lot of people end up in relationships where they're taken advantage of and it's and and just sit and feel frustrated with that and yet the opportunity in that experience is to um speak their truth Mm-hmm. You know, is to actually allow themselves to deserve more credit mm-hmm. and um, and grow in the process. I was just going to say there's growth in that process too mm. by taking on responsibility for what you want mm. and following following through. Completely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We should probably think about wrapping up. I'm yes, sure. I was just <laughs> – I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> I really could. Um, we'll save it for the next one. Yeah, so I think I think the the real topic of this was um, if you're in the wrong relationship or a toxic relationship, and I think I've definitely taken away a number of things from this. But is there anything that you want to leave the listeners? Yeah, with? I think it's just being aware that every relationship is an opportunity for growth, and as challenging as it can be, if you can start to take yourself. If you can start to see the person you're in a relationship with as more than just a person and a body, but actually as a, an energy, like what is the energy you are being offered in a relationship? Is it one that lifts you up or pulls you down? And if you find yourself being pulled down by something, really taking a moment to decide whether or not if you change the script, if you change your input into that relationship, whether it will transform it into what you want or whether the opportunity actually is to put yourself first and decide that you're worth more or better than this and take destroy that relationship in order to create something, in order that there be space for something new to come in. I love that. Excellent. How do you want to end? Um, <laughs> look forward to see, speaking to you again soon. Yes. And thank you so much, Caroline. I'd love to do this again. <laughs> That's lucky because I'm hoping you would. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, continue the conversation and hopefully we'll try and keep it under an hour for the next um for next the next podcast yeah, yeah exactly well take care everybody it was lovely to speak to you and i would love to hear any of your feedback at hello at kwilson.love lots of love and blessings to you all bye